Thanks for tuning in to Mysteries of the Mind, a podcast revealing the way our unconscious minds shape our lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Bader. All of us dream. We dream every night, even though we may not remember our dreams. But why do we dream? What function do dreams serve? And what are the essential differences between how we think when we dream versus how we think when we're awake? Because, you know, dreams are a form of thinking. Sure, dreams are usually highly visual, imagistic, and often not logical. Sometimes they seem more like delusions and hallucinations. But they incorporate categories that are typical of wakefulness, you know, like people, faces, places, objects, and animals. The EEG of someone in REM sleep, the phase of the sleep cycle most associated with dreaming, looks a lot like the EEG of someone who's awake. And brain scans show that brain metabolism is comparable between wakefulness and REM sleep. Although often confusing, relying heavily on metaphor, dreams create stories filled with actors and scenarios, much like we do when we're awake. Further, these actors and scenarios have a clear sensory character, that is, they're seen and heard and felt, and are not just mere thoughts or abstractions. Now, to be sure, the way we think and feel when we're dreaming is also quite a bit different than when we're awake. Reflective thought is altered. For instance, it's quite common that it can hold contradictory beliefs. And a dreamer easily accepts impossible events, such as flying, or inconsistent scene switches, or sudden transformations, and impossible objects, you know, like a pink elephant. Now, Freud believed that the function of dreams was to preserve sleep in the face of unconscious wishes and conflicts. He marshaled a lot of clinical evidence to support his contention that if you investigate a dream in enough detail and depth, you'll invariably find an unconscious wish or desire, often one with an aggressive or sexual meaning. But I want to talk today about another way to understand dreams that I think is more useful in therapy and in our own attempts to understand what's going on when we sleep. This approach starts with a couple of assumptions, okay? It assumes that people are always working to solve their problems, to master the psychological traumas that they've experienced. In this way, my approach to dreams is from the start different than Freud's. See, I think people want to grow and develop. They want to adapt, get along, and get better. So this is a point of view that would ask the question, how do dreams try to help us? After all, all mammals dream. Um, if evolution has shaped us in ways that ensure our survivability, then dreams must be designed to help us adapt as well. If so, how do they help us adapt exactly? The notion that dreams uh, help us adapt is drawn from the work of the psychoanalyst Joseph Weiss. And so I'm going to draw liberally from his work on the subject. Weiss begins his discussion of dreams by relating the findings of a researcher, uh, Balson, named Balson, who studied the dreams of soldiers who were POWs during the Vietnam War. 
Before they were captured, they reported frightening dreams of being captured. The function of these dreams, you know, their meaning, if you will, was to help the soldiers stay on full alert against danger. The dreams were saying, in effect, be careful or this might happen. While in captivity, they had dreams that were often blissful, in which they were gratified, powerful, or serene. These dreams helped them adapt to a horrible situation. They helped the soldiers sleep more deeply and offered a measure of hope. The dreams, in other words, were consoling. They were telling the dreamer to, quote, keep hope alive. After being released, the dreams were often traumatic, filled with frightening memories of internment. Their purpose was to help the soldiers master the the horror and the fear connected to their trauma. Note that in each case, the purpose of the dreams was to help the soldier cope with or master a highly problematic psychic situation. In this view, dreams are trying to help us, perhaps teach us something we need to learn or warn us about something we're facing uh, or not facing in our waking lives or help light the way to some kind of psychological growth. It's in the very nature of dreams that you can't tell their meaning directly from the imagery. For example, Weiss argues that a man's dream, let's just say it's a dream of walking down the road by himself. That's all the dream is. That that might be expressing a wish, a fear, or an expectation. He points out that the meaning of such a dream isn't obvious off the bat. Weiss says this, He may be telling himself, well, I hope I'll be in this situation, or I'm afraid I'll be in this situation, or if I finish my work in therapy, I'll be able to put myself in this situation, or if I continue to provoke my colleagues, I'll find myself in this situation. See, it all depends on the person's feelings about and associations to the dream. The dreamer gives the dream meaning, always. You can't look up the meaning of a dream in a dream dictionary, for instance. A patient of mine was traumatized by the discovery of her husband's infidelity. After a few years of ruminating in painful ways about this trauma, she and her husband sought couples therapy. She found it tremendously helpful and began to feel closer to her husband again for the first time in years. She then had a dream in which she found her husband flagrantly cheating on her. When she awoke, her first conscious thought was, well, this isn't true. The dream served two functions. First, it said to her, quote, not so fast, there's still some risk here. And the second function is by using contrast It helped her see and accept how much better she actually felt. And thus, it actually helped her feel optimistic and stronger in her marriage. And this illustrates how dreams can sometimes help us by depicting a situation that's the opposite of reality. Some dreams function as warnings, telling the dreamer to, in effect, watch out. I've had several patients who have had such dreams as they were getting better in therapy. One patient who was in the process of getting over his fear of confronting his wife for her bad behavior had a dream in which someone was crying at a gravesite. That was the dream. 
The dream's caption, if you could put a caption on the dream, might have been, you worry that standing up for yourself is like killing a woman. And this made sense in the context of our work, and the dream made this work more explicit. People also sometimes have examination dreams, they're very common, in which they fail an important test that they're actually confident they can pass or succeed at. And they dream of this as a way of warning themselves not to get too cocky. Such dreams then help the person see that they may be feeling guilty about being successful. And in so doing, it actually paradoxically encourages the person. Sometimes dreams even employ irony, or I guess you'd call it reduction to absurdity. One male patient of Weiss's dreamt of himself enjoying Christmas with his family of origin. That was the dream. But in fact, you see, his childhood was miserable and his family highly abusive. And the dream helped him face his traumatic past by painting a kind of absurd picture of it. Another of his patients had a mother who was a former ballerina, flamboyant and charismatic. The patient grew up by compliantly assuming, well, he'd have to marry a woman just like that. However, he found himself falling in love with a woman who was low-keyed and unpretentious. He struggled with being critical of her. Again, this was a sort of compliance with his mother. He then had a dream that used metaphor to help him face these issues. In the dream, he and his friends were taking a walk in a bucolic area, and they came upon an art fair in a small town. The paintings there were predictable landscapes and still lifes. They were old-fashioned and unpretentious, but some he found beautiful. The meaning of this dream was simple. It was this, quote, this is ordinary, but I like it. He was unconsciously trying to help himself face the difficult challenge of separating from his mother and what she represented, and to, therefore, as a result, enjoy, be able to enjoy his unpretentious, pleasant girlfriend. One adolescent patient of mine dreamt that his father was having his backbone surgically repaired. During the procedure, the surgeon looked at my patient and shook his head, signifying that the father was beyond help and would soon die. This patient felt constantly bullied, you see, by his father, who took every opportunity to compete with his son and win. The patient almost always found himself undermining himself, almost in order to ensure that his father would win, proving to himself that his father was right and stronger than him. As a result of the dream, however, he came to understand that his father wasn't really strong and that the son, my patient, was stronger than he himself, the son, believed. In other words, he had a stronger and better backbone than his father. I believe that the part of the day when we're asleep isn't just restorative to our brains and bodies, but has been designed by evolution to help us psychologically as well. The way it does so is through dreaming. Our dreams are not cries from the dark unconscious, but helpful guides to psychological adaptation and health. 
They're not always easy to understand, but when they are understood, they can really light our way forward. Thanks for listening to Mysteries of the Mind podcast. To learn more about how your unconscious mind really works, please tune in next time. And be sure to visit Dr. Bader's website at michaelbader.com.